Chicken, chicken Missile! <laughs> Welcome back to Chicken Missile, where every other week we gather to discuss one of a random set of topics inspired by a letter of the alphabet and mitigate our mental mess for a little while. Today's magnificent masters of malarkey include myself, I'm Charles, we also have Carrington, hello, and Paul, hello, and that's it. Everybody else is scarpered for Memorial Day. Also, letter mm. M. Great. Uh, today's discussion topic is brought to you by the letter M. And this time, M is for magic. We're just going to talk about various magical topics and magical thinking and whatever else comes to mind. Um, so when I say magic, uh, Paul, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think of? What pops into your head? Well, I know, I, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit, and I... You know, I don't think that I had a lot of uh, sort of like, I don't know, background interest in, in magic as much, but the there's it's always sort of interesting to see, like to try to figure out um, like how things are done. Um, but when I was thinking about it further, I think, you know, like one of the things I find the most fascinating is is really just sort of like the way you can succeed in misdirecting or, or pushing, you know, uh, mm. people. That, that's the place where I, where I sort of am find it most interesting you know like the the way these things work is that you you somehow get them to focus on something other than what you're doing <laughs> so that it seems like you haven't done anything mm-hmm. so so you you went straight to stage magic yeah yeah right uh, the illusionists yeah there's a really uh i i assume i don't even know how to talk about this because i don't you know i don't want to spoil it in a in a sense but there's a um by now relatively well well shared video where where the task is basically you're there's a bunch of people playing basketball and you know like some of them are in black and some of them are in white and you're they're like passing the ball to each other and you're supposed to like you know watch this video and try to keep track of how like how many times the white wearing players you know pass to the other white wearing players and at the end of it uh you realize that actually there's this really like huge thing that happened that you didn't even notice because you were not paying attention to that you were paying mm-hmm. attention to this other thing thing and it's uh it and it works it's amazing so yeah i know that yeah. video and i also was fooled by it and i could yeah. not believe i was fooled by it i was like i, know. I missed that yeah, there I was i have never considered myself observant since <laughs> yeah. yeah they they uh, another one you're talking about and they recreated it on a show called um brainchild um, it's a great, great little show for, uh, kids and, you know, families with kids talking about basically various topics in science. And, um, one of the things they did was that, that video and it wasn't just at the end cause I saw it and I knew, oh, okay, oh, I know what they're doing. And mm-hmm. so I saw that, but then. They're like, oh, did you also see these other three <laughs> things that happened in the background that you should have noticed if you were really paying attention? It's like, oh, no, I did not. And I also did not count the number of times the basketball was passed between <laughs> players because I was focused on looking for the other things that I knew were happening in the background and I totally missed them. So, yeah, they, they misdirected me twice. It was yeah. the meta misdirection. There's a... um. Uh... I, I'm not sure exactly how you classify him as like an illusionist, maybe Darren, Darren Brown. I don't know if you know this name, but um, uh, he's very famous in, in the UK. Uh, you know, he, and he, I've seen some relatively old videos of his where, where uh, he would go 
on the street with a map, you know, um, and, you know, just ask a random person on the street, like, how do you get to this place? And they would hold up the map and, and then they would try to, you know, they'd point, okay, well, we're here and you have to go there. And then, uh, like from behind these, these couple people carrying a big, a big, uh, like painting, like a huge painting would walk by and they'd like, they're like, excuse me. And, and so they, they'd separate the painting would then separate you know, Darren Brown and the person of whom the directions were being asked. Then the painting was out of the way and there's a different person standing there instead of Darren Brown. Mm. <laughs> the people giving the directions do not notice. They don't notice. It, it, like it, the, you know, gender changes. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> see, it's, and it's not somebody who looks like Darren Brown. Yeah. No. It's a complete swap. And With like, a okay. different accent. Yeah, I've seen, yep. I, I think I've seen the same, the, the same video that you have. Yeah. Um, and... I've I've even seen that on TV shows where the you know a character comes in and does a thing and it's sort of an an ancillary background character and then you know they you know roll out and disappear and then they you know the same character comes back in through the door say oh one more thing and then comes back and leaves again and until two or three scenes later I don't even realize oh that was a totally different guy <laughs> that they were uh, and everyone in the scene is like did he just do, what happened there? And what are you talking about? And then they, you know, they reveal it and it's a big joke and ha ha ha. But it's like, oh, wait, it's just, you know, if it wasn't Monica or Chandler, I wouldn't know who it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have paid any attention to it. Yeah. So the, the misdirection and um, th- that uh, sort of psychological uh, aspect of stage magic, especially. Yeah. It's very, that's the fascinating stuff. And I try to use those, um, those things against, uh, when I know that when I know that trick is coming, when I know that something mm-hmm. is awry, even when it's not magic, maybe it's someone who's trying to sell me something or you know advertising, marketing. Like, look over here, it's shiny, shiny, shiny. Like the the, the small <laughs> right. print, or the you know the muttering, um, the basically the the audible small print. <laughs> what are they not telling me? Hmm. How about yeah, you? They're Karen? legally obligated to tell me. Yeah, they're legally. <laughs> When I, I when uh, I say magic, what you know, what comes to mind? Myself. No, um, I immediately like Paul went to stage magic. I am an atheist. I don't believe in any. I have no spiritual bent. Nothing like so. No magic with a J or a CK or is in my life at all. But um, illusionist, misdirection, pen and teller. I like quite a bit. Like I mm. like stage magicians, especially ones who aren't pretending. Like there's a, there's a fairly famous street magician guy who puts himself in a block of ice and I don't like the ones who try to really play it off as I'm doing actual magic I want someone who says I'm going to fool you I dare you to catch me that's the kind of magic <laughs> I like um, but the story that came to mind immediately was uh, when I got back into retro computing uh, first thing I did was pick up an uh, Apple IIe and I didn't find one locally I found one that seemed to be in perfect condition in Pennsylvania so I said okay I'll take a road trip I like to take like road trips like go to <laughs> go to South Carolina to get iced tea like I just like pick a thing pick a place and go do it before pandemic and so this time I said I will before go the to pandemic Pennsyl- and also and also I might note right. probably before you had a girlfriend uh, no no I like to date people who want to come with me on random things <laughs> Uh, Rachel and I, for instance, one of our first dates was I want to go see an otter. I think there's ones on the <laughs> West Coast. So let's go to Vancouver and see an otter. So I like that kind right. of thing. So um, yeah, there you go. That's so I went to, added challenge. Okay. Right. <laughs> the challenge. There's so many challenges of dating me. This is just one of them. Do you have your passport? Let's go. Um, uh, so I went to Pennsylvania, took a road trip down and got an Apple IIe. 
in the trunk of my car. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is on the way back, wandering back, uh, I picked up a hitchhiker. And then while we're driving, he pointed out, hey, look, it says there's a Houdini museum. And he said it in a really suspicious way. Hey, there's a Houdini museum. I'm like, I don't even see that sign. And then the sign appears. I'm like, don't you even see that sign? You are a weirdly suspicious guy in my car. So I'm like, sure, let's go. To the how did you even museum. get it? How did you get in my car? Poof. <laughs> 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 Rabbits everywhere. Um, and it turned out not be a suspicious thing. It's just, I guess, the person who either knew it was there or just talked weird or I was just on edge because it was like a checker. And we stopped and we went to a Houdini museum. And it was super fun. It was this little tiny place called the Houdini Museum of New York. And it's basically a house. And so you just walk through this house full of Houdini memorabilia. But then in the one room, there's a stage magic presentation. We're the only two there. So it's me, hitchhiker dude, who seems suspicious at the time, and two people on stage doing magic, like with the rings and all the whole stuff. And it's hard to be in a room with somebody doing like big magic, but mm. it's just the two of you. It's like, like that was good. <laughs> like it, was, it was all very weird. So, um, but it's one of my favorite times of ever seeing magic. So it, um, didn't know anybody else in the room. It was really strange. Not allowed to take photos, but I stuck a couple. Um, and I got to see a guy do like floating people and you know looking for a volunteer I'm like is it you or me <laughs> it was uh it was interesting so that's my favorite time i've seen magic was tiny little house in new york yeah now was it was it like houdini's birthplace or somewhere he used to live or was it just happened to be a i i only got the impression was somebody really really into um houdini it could very well be it could be that the room in which they did the magic was the birthplace like that was where the or the conception or something i don't know um, I didn't really take away a lot of knowledge. I just thought it was fun to be in a little room with people floating people. That's what I think of when I think magic. I like magic yeah. tricks. I like prestidigitation, mm -hmm. like card tricks. I can't do any of them. I'm, mm. I'm very impressed by people that can do that. They can shuffle with one hand. And, like, it's great. It's I can't do any of that stuff, and I'm very impressed by it. Yeah, I'm not ambidextrous enough. I can do I can do a lot of things with my right hand, but my left hand just goes, hi. Hey, look, hey, look at here. this. I'm doing I'm shuffling <laughs> things. That, hi. Yeah, the... Mm. Um, uh, I worked with a, a guy who, in addition to being a, a developer and, you know, um, a great programmer, he was also, I guess when he was in college or in high school, he would earn money on the weekends by doing magic for children's parties. Cool. And yeah, you say that now Cool. when he was, yeah, when he was a teenager, it was, he was like, I got shunned, uh, but it was good money. So, well, it's not cool to do magic, though. No, like, the, the cliche of magicians mm -hmm. is like, "What a nerd!" Mm -hmm. That's tall. Like, yeah, I, unless you I unless you have that neat. edge, like Penn and Teller, or right. you know, some of the you know, some of the um, was it like the amazing Jonathan who like cuts off his fingers and you right. know, there's blood and you know, uh, all kinds of stuff, and he like abuses his assistant and she gets him with an axe and like stuff like that, where it's like it's magic. You get the lead role in Night Court. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, uh, but he would he would do these little things just you know um, you know waiting for a, a phone call to start or he'd come over and and we'd uh, work on a uh, uh, work on fixing a bug or something and then he would just like grab something off my desk and it would like vanish or he would you know he'd pull <laughs> a, up a, a he'd pull up yeah he'd pull a you know a, a you know a silver dollar out of his pocket and flip it over his knuckles like just sort of that was what he did to pass the time. Hmm. Um, and, was he uh, a juggler? I've had a couple friends who are jugglers, mm -hmm. and they do that all the time. They'll just yeah. sit there and just offhandedly be flipping things around with the hand. Like you, you know, you're doing that, right? And it's just they unconsciously. Like, oh, I didn't even realize. It. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He would do that uh, occasionally for um, 
you know, we were waiting on a, a, a meeting or something like that. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna, because he knew, because juggling takes, you know, a little bit of space. He would get up from the table and, and do that. But the kind of thing where he would just, you know, just kind of, you know, something on my desk and it's like, it's like, oh, where did my business cards go? <laughs> or, hey, that was my lunch, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, and then it, it just, you know, he'd come back a minute later and be like, oh, here you go. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, that kind of thing where it's just it just becomes so natural and so uh second nature to I mean, you. I also am able to make somebody's lunch disappear, but it's not as impressive mm-hmm. a trick, I will admit. Yeah. yeah, then I'll need I, I need the misdirection. I need the uh, look over there. That's how you eat your sandwich. Yeah. Um so there's there's um there's a lot of different kinds of magic, obviously, aside from stage magic. Um there's you know, I, when I, when I was thinking about the topic, I was thinking of like the different kinds of magic that are in various fictional worlds and, um, you know, the, the fantasy novels and, uh, things that I've read over the years where they have a magic system, essentially. It's like mm. a, it's like a science or, a, you know, um, you know, a, a, a kind of set of rules that, that, mm. you know, if you, if you do these things, then, you get this result, and it's a so when you, you know, played, very strict sort of rule set. When you play mm-hmm. game systems that have stuff like mm-hmm. that, do you lean towards that? Like, there's often a, a learned magic. Like, you got your wizard who has to read things, mm-hmm. speak Latin, say things, and cast spells. And you've got your um, inherent magic. There's the deal with the devil magic. There's blood mm-hmm. magic. There's yeah, like nature oh yeah. magic. Did you ever like, if you were playing a character like that, lean towards one type or the other? I never played. Uh, I never played magic users in. Uh, like D and D, don't like to be or, the glass cannon, or on the RPG kind of guy. Uh, I was always, I, w- I was always the like the thief or the stealthy, you know, whatever. Not the big fighter, but maybe like the monk or the mm-hmm. um, the thief, that kind of thing. Partly because the the rules of magic in most ways uh, not only were confusing, but would always f- find a way to backfire. You know, um, <laughs> if uh, Oh well, you don't have enough mana to cast this, so you have to lose an arm. Okay, uh, <laughs> whatever. You know, okay. I don't have enough. I don't have enough of the right ingredients for this thing. Or um, you're, you know, you cast that same thing today, and so you no longer memorized it. You know, that's you know, it's uh, additional uh, layers of complexity on top of an already complex role playing system. Not, not intrigue me. But you know, being able to be the guy that's um, you know, hiding in the shadows for 14 turns and then suddenly comes out and, you know, kills the bad guy. That was me. That was, that was my preferred, uh, yeah. And when, we, and when we played D and D, that yeah, was where stuck I in a to. cloak in a, yeah, I got stuck box. in a cloak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is true. I wouldn't usually play magic users either, but it, I've often read like lit RPG or books where people like get sucked into their dungeon dragons game. Mm-hmm. And if that happened, the, the only class I would consider wanting to be would be a magic user. I don't want to be a mm-hmm. barbarian or a thief or like in real life or a cleric or anything. That all mm-hmm. sounds dull to me, but being able to cast spells, <laughs> I'd be all about that and just have a big party around me to keep me safe for a while. <laughs> but 100%, that's what I would pick if it was a real life thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and I think that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's actually pretty close to, uh, you know, also the kind of stuff that, that is dominant in, you know, media culture now, which is like the superhero stuff. I mean, like, you know, mm. the, it, it is also basically magic with weird rules. You know, there's some substance that, that, uh, you know, you're, you're not immune to or whatever. And, 
Um, but it but it really does seem like it has the same contours as the as the sort of like fantasy magic. It's a good point. My, my girlfriend recently was saying like with Scarlet Witch, um, she's like, okay, so that's one where it's like, oh, it's magic, and she's casting fire. But like she goes, there's a hundred of them that do that. They all wave their fingers and shoot things. Why is this one person considered magic, whereas the rest of them are just no, no, it's a it's a superhero thing because it's all magic. Yeah. How is it different from you know the Captain Marvel? shooting blasts of energy it's like okay Mm -hmm. well that has a scientific aspect to it because she gets the power from no it's all magic yeah Yeah. it's all just hand wavy magic instead of you know um you know coming out of a coming out of a you know some sort of mechanism like iron man Hmm. which of course you know he gets his infinite power from his you know uh unobtainium armor thingamajig Mm -hmm. and you know the um the same yeah the same same sort of thing where it's it's a sort of complicated set of rules and you know you have to follow them and uh, when you when you break the rules there are bad magical consequences yeah and many many internet comments and yeah yes <laughs> uh, and then you can't direct marvel movies anymore because the internet hates you yeah yeah i i like the um i do like that with a fictional universe having that kind of um uh having those kinds of powers and things exist and having some kind of, um, you know, while it seems like, Oh, these people that have magical powers, they can do anything, but, uh, a, a well-written story or a well-written world has, you know, limitations on it. So there's still consequences, but there's also still, you know, the ability for something mundane to bring down the giant magic user that can, you know, could otherwise, call down dragons from heavens and whatever um so that that's kind of a you know a, a fun thing that i like to I, I like to uh read in those in those fantasy worlds where um uh, magic is magic exists but it's not you know like oxygen you know um it doesn't just sort of it's not just sort of everywhere and yeah i do have a bit of the, the predominant way that magic seems to exist on a lot of lit, especially the last 50 years is that whole idea of the Harry Potter, the chosen one. Like you're the chosen yeah. one. Turns out you, and it's a little problematic that there are like some people are inherently amazing and can do magic. And then there's the others that are not. And I'm like, I don't really like that as a social construct. I chafe on that a little bit. I like the idea that somebody works at it. They can do magic versus mm-hmm. nope, you can, you can't too bad. Your genetics make you inferior. I don't, that's, I have problems with that, that kind. Yeah, it's, it's again a, the same yeah. as like coming from Krypton too. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or some um, you know anime series where the uh, this character has you know alien DNA, and so all of the people that are related to that you know that are descended from them have the alien DNA, and they may look human, but they suddenly have you know these weird powers. But how is it that this non non alien person can also exhibit these powers you know what's special about them that you know the average person couldn't do that and um yeah i i i I kind of prefer this sort of thing where uh if you practice it and you pick it up and you work at it anyone could do you know magic or anyone could pick up a sword and become a a really good sword fighter or Hmm. you know uh you know learn to read and you know write books you know uh, just you know (laughs) <laughs> Though I wouldn't mind a world in which 
people assume that the magic users and like the magic people say that it's because they're inherently better and they have these abilities. But the reality, everybody could cast magic. They're just hiding the secret of it. I'd be, I'd be right on board with that. Um, I just don't like the idea that it, it is actually the case. I don't mind if aliens have, have powers that we don't. I just don't want to kind of put humans in classes that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you, any of you have read the uh, Discworld series mm-hmm. the terry pratchett yep. series um, i don't know if i read them all because i there might be a billion of them but i've read a yeah, bunch yeah. of discworlds i've i've read you know if not all of them then all of them minus whichever you know one is out of print when i went to look for them but uh that has a, that has an aspect like 40 of or 50 of them yeah yeah uh, there that world has a um uh, a magical it actually has sort of two branches of magic there's there's the wizard magic where you, you know, there's alchemy and you can uh, read the spells and perform them in the prefer- you know, in the proper way. And anyone can go to the the wizard's university and do the the sort of high magic. But then there's also witch magic, which um, the women out in the countryside do for, you know, uh, birthing calves and, um, you know, uh, fixing broken legs and things like that. And it's, it's magic in a sense that it's stuff that only the people that know how to do it can do. And it's mostly psychological. It's uh, misdirection. It's, you know, teaching people uh, you're distracting someone from the pain of setting their broken leg or you're uh, having them go and do, uh, you know, a very specific task that may, that may seem like it's, you know, has to do with magic, but it's really just get them out of the house while I do this, you know, um, and the the witches in his uh, in his books are fascinating because everyone has you know such high um, you know they they believe that they have like magic powers they can turn you into a toad and all this you know they're they're super scary but really all they are is you know ninety nine percent of the time they're just messing with people's heads and what they're doing is anyone can do and you just have to know the secret you just have to know that really it's just you know, misdirection. And then, you know, you, you learn a few herbs and things and, and then you can do everything that the witch does. And then you get the pointy hat. So that that's, that's one of my, one of my favorite book series ever. And I'm really kind of saddened when I was really saddened when, um, Terry Pratchett died and, uh, the, um, you know, the internet basically confirmed my suspicion that, all good nerds liked Terry Pratchett because uh, they all, they, you know, everyone came out of the woodwork and I've been reading these for years and I've reread them all. And, you know, they're all like these great, um, you know, dedications to, uh, to Terry and his work and stuff. So I was, um, it's like, Oh good. I'm not, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, the magic in that is really um, one of the better parts of the, the series. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, uh, Carrington, you suggested something on a different podcast once that was uh, the the storyline was basically a time travel, but but masquerading as magic, um, where people would wind up going back in time. I'm... Yeah, it's um, off, off to be the wizard, Scott Meyer. Yeah, that sounds plausible. I think I think that might have been the second book. I don't know, but it's, it's Scott Meyer is that series, the magic, mm-hmm. magic 2.0 series. Where but that's kind of cool. Retro the... computers. It's awesome. It's really funny. Yeah, this whole you know the technology being sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from 
magic. Sure. You know, if you've got it, and especially because they're usually mostly old computers, so it's to do with a Commodore 64. But mm. if you have a working Commodore 64 <laughs> in a medieval village, you're a magician. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the, Maybe the magic the last is getting. That was impressive, but <laughs> uh, the magic is getting you know uh, a good uh, 120 volts out of the wall. <laughs> right. Well, in that series, there's it turns out there's like a database program accessible from lots of places, um, and if you, if you make changes to that, you make changes to the actual world. Like we're in a simulation, and they just find a way to do that. So you mm. can make yourself levitate by just setting your height <laughs> to be a certain amount or whatever. So, and they use a bunch of nerds use that, and all end up in medieval England because they all do stupid things and have to flee the police. So. <laughs> yeah, I, it reminds me a little bit of uh, we watched Tron, the original Tron with my kids a couple weeks ago. Um, and the the idea of you know, the, the programs in the simulation that uh, consider themselves uh, you know, they're, you know, they know that they are avatars of a user. And so they're, you know, like, I only do what my, what my user would tell me to do. Well, like, what would my user do kind of thing? Um, and then the other, uh, the other programs, you know, consider them religious zealots. And yeah, we're going to have to, uh, if you, we're going to have to drive the belief of the user out of you. And, and, you know, we're all self-sufficient in this, uh, in this universe and there is no user. And um, so the, you know the magical powers coming down from from user land into the simulation uh that was that that my uh my kids really enjoyed that and the idea i of love that movie how that how, yeah how that worked and then they both laughed when the um the first time you see the master control program it's the big cylinder with the face <laughs> yeah. uh mapped onto it and they're both like <laughs> amazing graphics yeah like, man back in the 80s that was scary <laughs> So if you had uh if you had the ability to use magic like if you had a you know uh, a wand or a staff or something like that what would be like if you had like one spell you could only use one spell ever and you know you could use it whenever you wanted but the you know the limitation was you can only use the spell that this wand does what 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 spell would you pick to do to have access to hmm. I definitely wouldn't be picking like an offensive spell. I don't want like fireball in real life or whatever. I'm just going to get myself in trouble and probably kill myself. <laughs> like, let's <laughs> face it, I shouldn't have powers like that. It's like a Molotov cocktail. It doesn't solve the problem, but it creates a different problem. And so the first problem is smaller by comparison, right? The problem with saying use a spell though, like what are the limitations here? Like how, how powerful can this spell be? I don't know. You know, if it's, you know... Uh, you know, uh, Earth Disintegrator spell, you can use it as many times as you want, but <laughs> probably limited to one. Yeah. But where's my Earth Shattering Kaboom? It seems like teleport. I think I think that's where I would mm. land. Um, there's always these, I mean, like that kind of teleportation, that seems that seems good, you know, if it's going to be done with magic, rather than this, this like encode your atoms and recreate you somewhere else and then destroy the original you. <laughs> that doesn't seem so cool. Well, I think there should be a scene. I always thought there should be a scene in Star Trek that cuts back to the teleporter after people teleport. So right. you're all the sound. And then instead of cutting to the the planet where they appear, it just stays there and the sound stops. And you're like, huh, I'm still standing here. And the guy pulls out his phaser and just kills him. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what you do. It's just the engineers just don't let the secret on. It's like, oh, we got to kill the captain again. Let's <laughs> teleport again. Get your phaser and let's make the noises. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, what was what was that movie? Was it the uh, the Prestige or um, 
It was either the Prestige or the other one that came out at the same time. Same time as the, the Magicians. Yeah, yes. the, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, it's magic. Plonk. <laughs> Kill. Yeah. Uh, that one, yeah, that one was one with like David Bowie as Tesla. And he's, you know, lighting up the field with light bulbs. That was, that was beautiful. The, the, the rest of the movie was, you know, uh, a confusing mess. But the, the part with um, David Bowie is, is uh, you know, the crazily, was he Bulgarian? It's the, where was Tesla from? Uh, I would have guessed Hungarian. Guess sure. Uh, Let's just see. Insert Eastern European. We'll some, some sort of Garian. Yeah. Paul, well, Paul would you Google's use your that. teleport to go to other countries and travel, or would you be using it for things like jump to the head of a long line? How are you going to use your teleport? <laughs> for, oh, like, I need lettuce. Race, to the, race to the front of the concert. Whoop, whoop. You know, yeah. <laughs> Immediate to barrier. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I would definitely uh, enjoy teleport, um, mostly because as much as I like to travel, I don't like the actual traveling part of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife and I have, have come up with this this concept we we call um, travel ninjas, where the night before the night before you go on a trip, you, know, you go to you go to bed, and um, in the middle of the night the ninjas break into your house and they blow dart you, and uh, you're out for you know uh, out for the night, and uh, they pack you up and all of your stuff, and then take you to your destination before you wake up, and so when you you know the uh, uh, when the poison blow dart wears off, you're in the bed in the hotel room, and you're already in you know Paris, and it's like oh, the ninjas, yay! Um, Thanks, ninjas. Yeah, because getting there, the getting on the plane and through security, and then packing the things and making sure you didn't pack the things that you couldn't get on the plane with, and making sure you packed all the things that you needed when you got there. It's like all that stuff. It's like I wish there were. You know, a service where you could just say, um, you know, like, I'm unconscious for 24 hours. You take care of it and deliver me to my destination. And then when I wake up, ah, I'm already there. And I'm rested, you know. Like I'm a people shipping company. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, So teleportation would be great. Or, you know, one of those things where it's just a mind wipe. You know, I forget about how I got here kind of thing. Because that's the, I mean, it's like you get to your vacation destination. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. And it's like the plane was terrible and the screaming kids. And I'm like, ah. And then. If I could just, you know, wipe the last eight hours of my memory of like, oh, I was at the airport and now I'm at this airport and, you know. But then you, why not That's just kind do of the horrifying. thing? In, um, um, uh, what's this Schwarzenegger film? Total um, Recall. With our, Total Recall. It's the same thing. Then why, why, why wipe part of memory? Why not just insert memories of having done a trip? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't even bother going to Paris. <laughs> right. <laughs> just remember that you have gone to Paris. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was great. And it was all perfect. Now, you hear these things uh, sometimes about uh, like general anesthetic or whatever, where like you know mm. the main property of it is that you don't remember the horribleness that it, that was happening to you. Yeah, <laughs> Which, right. You yeah. Know, that that doesn't sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the end result is when you wake up, it's just you know same as if you didn't, you know, didn't experience it in the first place. You just don't remember experiencing it. So, you know, the solipsistic you know, uh, existence of the memory, then it's all the same, right? Mm-hmm. You make me think of two Bruce Willis films. First is, um, cause I like to think of films. Everything mm-hmm. reminds me of films. Uh, fifth, fifth element. Cause it's absolutely when they travel in space. So you're just mm-hmm. unconscious for the whole thing. Um, uh, but more Hudson Hawk, 
a movie not a lot of other people have seen, which I like. And that's the whole blow dart thing because mm-hmm. they take him to Rome by hit him with a blow dart and he just falls into a box full of peanuts. And then suddenly he wakes up inside a box full of packing peanuts in Rome. So mm-hmm. he traveled that way. Yeah. You, or, you can too. Yeah. Or the um, Indiana Jones travel sequences where they get on the plane and then it cuts to a map. Yeah, and you just see the 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 icon of the plane flying across the map, and then you know, twenty hours later, Indy walks off the plane, and he's you know he's in Venice or wherever. It's like, aha, I could I could totally see that. I could do that. Um, yeah, the the blow dart to the neck and knock me out, or 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 even like I get to the I I you know the um the Men in Black. You know, you dial in the things like I want to. I just I don't want to remember any of how I got zoop. And it's like, huh. Oh, um, if you could also be well rested and not have to worry about jet lag, uh, that would be a good effect. If you know, if you teleport- wouldn't do the thing where it's crappy and then erase that. my memory. That doesn't appeal to me at all. If if I'm gonna have to go through it, then I mean I'm good with the idea that something happens where I skip the crappy stuff, but mm. I don't want to just erase it. Then I'm just like losing a chunk of my life, even if it's a bad thing, whatever. Like I just then I wanna I wanna miss the bad thing but i don't want to just forget the bad thing if it happened then that's that's what i did i'm speaking I, I of films that, the... that that take that takes me to uh eternal, eternal sunshine, sunshine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's another one there's another movie that's of a similar nature um i can't remember what it is now it's uh, but basically the, the the people you pay people to forget you know forget certain things and you know, of course, it comes back to you later on, and it ruins your life, and it's just you know one of those uh, kind of a like the opposite of Fahrenheit four or five months. Um, I think when it comes to travel stuff, though, like I actually like the journey. I don't always like being stuck on a plane long term, mm-hmm. but I travel super light. Surprise, minimalist. Mm-hmm. Who, who travels with a small pack? This guy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I I'm okay with long waits at airports. Uh, most of my friends and people I've dated would like to get the airport like the last minute. I'm okay with getting there like four hours before my flight. I'm like, fine, I'm checked in. I'm going to read a book. I'm comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else gets antsy and I'm fine with just sitting around reading. So I will make a journey from eight hours, become a 16-hour journey, but it's all very casual and, and I quite like it. So that's mm-hmm. how I travel. It's very low stress. When you can do that, that's great. When, you know, when I travel... I try to do that sort of thing where I have plenty, you know, I build in a buffer of, you know, I'm going to be at a late, you know, layover between this airport and this port because I have to, you know, uh, can we not make it a 15 minute window, make it two hours. It's fine. But then con, you know, the, the, the flight ends up a little bit delayed or there's weather or, you know, um, it's just all of those little tiny things add up and eventually it's like, Oh crap, I do have 15 minutes to get to my next flight. Well, it's lucky I didn't have the previous flight because that one was canceled and I would have missed it anyway. And the, you know, uh, the tickets are mixed up. And so we're not sitting in the same row anymore and we got to, you know, uh, get on a plane and it's like, Oh, it's last minute. And I can't put my stuff in the overhead compartment because the overhead compartment's full and oh crap. So I got to check this bag and then we got to check it at the gate. And then I got to go get it after we get just all of that, all of those little tiny inconveniences. I can do everything that I do to make the, the trip as smooth as possible. I can do, um, you know, the, you know, packing very light and get there plenty early, give myself plenty of time. But no matter what I do, the rest of the world does not do their part 
to make it convenient and <laughs> and pleasurable for the rest of the travelers. And so it's just like, just darn you, rest of the world. Yeah, just give me teleportation or travel ninjas or whatever so that I can be where I want to be and not have to worry about the getting there. It's funny, all that stuff you mentioned, only one of those things stresses me. If my flight's delayed, doesn't stress me. If I miss a connecting flight, also doesn't stress me. I'm like, okay, tomorrow. I'm like so casual with these things, people get annoyed. The one pet peeve I think I have that really just gets me so upset is I don't like it when people get on a flight and they're, say, sitting in row 75. And they get on and they stick their overhead luggage in row four. And then they walk down. And it's a thing I only see on American domestic flights. And you people drive me crazy. Why would you do that? It is such a rude thing to do. Because, to all, the, because all the other Americans that are on the flight have brought more bags than are entirely necessary. And so every row from 50 on is completely full. And so... As you get on, this is the beginning. They get on. They're like the first person. Well, because on. they know, because they know that all of those are going to be full by the time they get to their seat. It's just yeah, and just it's not. To, yeah. That's rude. Yeah. That's really rude to me as a Canadian. I'm like that is not okay. <laughs> that that stresses me. I see it happen and it stresses me. As an American, it's not okay. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yeah. I see I see people being rude and stupid and you know painting your nails on an airplane or Ooh, putting on, like putting on perfume. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's just like, you know, might as well just walk down the aisle and smear peanut butter on everybody. Because that's just, you know. <laughs> They're painting their toenails. Yes, with them yes. Up on the seat between the mm-hmm. people in front of them. I have <laughs> I have literally I have literally turned around and seen the bare foot of the person behind me on my armrest. That's unreal. And it's like, uh, that's why you excuse me. with a pin. A pin. Just yeah, a little, I, little poke. Yeah, if, uh, if Oops, she sorry. hadn't. Yeah, if she hadn't, you know put her foot down when I asked her very nicely and politely to, I would have been much less polite and, you know, maybe not a pin, but like maybe a Sharpie, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> you know, I am rude on the bottom of your foot. <laughs> Charles puts his foot down. <laughs> Magical travel. Yeah. So yeah, the magic, the, yeah, the magic of travel. One thing I, I guess I would say though, is that I still sometimes, I mean, I don't fly all that often. So I still sometimes feel like even just, the flying is a little bit like teleportation. It's like, it's weird. You'd like, mm-hmm. you walk into this place and then, you know, sit around for a little while and walk out entirely on the other edge of the continent. You know, how is that? That's, that's ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, I still, I'm still amazed a little bit by that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely when you, when you look, when you see it, when you see an airplane flying up in the sky from, you know, 30,000 feet or whatever, it's like, Oh, it's, it's a, it's a sort of a majestic machine and you know mechanical uh, uh, creation, and we've we've done such you know great engineering marvels. But then you get inside. You don't think one. thirty thousand kilograms of metal is just yeah. Going you get in full. well, you get inside it, and you're like, this thing is only that like this is only like an inch between me and air. <laughs> yeah, it's like an inch of of flimsy titanium and aluminum between me and the stratosphere, and I'm stuck in here with a bunch of people and their feet and their feet oh my god their feet and the and you know it's taxiing down the runway and you hear it creaking and groaning and things popping and it's like well maybe it's like a normal thing maybe it's like pratchett 
it turns out, you know, there's always that confusion, like how do planes fly? It's like, there's that, you know, it's the air goes over top of the wing, faster or lower. Maybe that's all misdirection. And the reason it flies is everyone's convinced it will. And you get turbulence with a couple of people playing like, is this really okay to be up here? And it starts to shake and you got to calm them down. And planes stay in the air because we think they will. And as long as nobody questions that too much, we can have, we can have flight. Sounds like our economic system. I'm sorry I said that to anybody currently flying and listening to this podcast who's now plummeting <laughs> to your doom. <laughs> it's like Peter Pan, you know, as long as you believe, Tinkerbell can sprinkle the fairies. Everybody clap. Clap for Tinkerbell. Uh, yeah. So, uh, again, trying to bring it back to the, mm-hmm. the original topic. Oh, I thought, of I thought of my spell I want to use. Yes, that. I was going to ask. Have you thought no, of I, what, I, what your spell I is? would take a, I would uh, make a save point. So I could oh, yeah. cast a save point and be able to just return to that. So it would let me try different things. Um, I think I would do that. I would be able to cast save points. Just say, okay, save. I'm going to try this. I think that would open up a lot of fun possibilities. Mm-hmm. It, if this kills me, I go back to the save point. It has like a, an auto <laughs> automatic, yes. automatic restore as opposed to having to be able to survive limit. it. <laughs> right, but I could see if, but that would still be fine if I had to survive, mm-hmm. but then you could just try things. I certainly would have done great on any multiple choice test. Let's try all the A's. <laughs> no, okay, let's try this and just try things. Um, it would have been easier to, to meet people. So I will just go up at that person and ask, what's the worst that could happen? I can erase it. Um, I think as a, as a young teenager, I would have really liked that. And probably now too. Do you like get one save point or, or can you have an array of them and choose which one you go back to? Because uh, otherwise, well, I, I, ideally I have an infinite number, but even right. if it was like, I could just set a save point, whatever, just mm-hmm. something like that would be useful. I would be okay with tiny magic though. I remember talking to a friend once if you had to have teeny tiny magic, like if I had the mm-hmm. magical ability to always stand exactly where the subway car doors will be. And so you just stand <laughs> on the platform right there, little things like that, or just mm-hmm. always whatever elevator you get in front of will be the next one to open. Like little tiny magics could be amazing. Something mm-hmm. like that could just make uh, your life great and doesn't have to be teleport. It could just be little conveniences. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, always exactly enough milk left yeah. for whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> I'm making tea and there's always this. Yeah. Or I'm making a cake. That will be yeah. what I needed. Mm-hmm. Something like that would be awesome. Yeah. There's a TV show um, from, mm, I think, the 90s uh, about a guy who is incredibly lucky. Like, he goes into a, um, uh, goes into a convenience store buys a lottery ticket, scratches it off. And it's, you know, it's 20 bucks. It's enough for him to fill up the tank. Um, but it also works the other way in that he has, he has incredibly bad luck too. So he'll be the one that when he's walking down the street, a piano falling off of a, a high building will kill him or something like that. But it's like, uh, it's it. And it's little, it's little things where he is the one that's always standing in front of the elevator that opens next, but he's also the one where the if, elevator gets stuck. Yeah, if he's on the elevator, that's the one that's going to get stuck. You know that kind of thing. Where and it just and it made for a really it made for a really funny um, uh, series. And uh, I'm wishing that I could remember what the name of the series was, but um, it's a fun idea. It's, I think it's yeah. called if I if I if my search has worked. Oh, by the mm-hmm. way, uh, Nikola Tesla. Uh, what was that? That was uh, in the Austrian Empire, currently uh, modern day Croatia. But Croatian. Um, okay. But okay. Uh, I think it, I think it's lucky is what you're. Uh, is it just called Lucky? Show. Yeah. And well, that's why I can't remember it because it was... Yeah. Starring John Corbett, who you would remember from Northern Exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and it was the kind of thing where people would get really annoyed at him because, you know, he'd be the only one not getting wet when the, the truck came by and splashed everybody. <laughs> and then the next second he'd 
walk out into the street and he'd be the one that falls into a two foot pothole. And just those kinds of the swings of uh, the good luck and the bad luck. So um, having that having that little magic might bite you in the ass sometimes. Hmm. It's a pessimistic way to see it. Um, if I if I had uh, if I had my what's your spell magic power, um, it would be the ability to uh, influence the minds of you know influence someone's mind mm. like <laughs> yeah Jedi like Jedi mind trick them you know basically uh, you have a very bad opinion of me. <laughs> of whatever and then suddenly they have a very bad opinion about this thing and so they're going to get rid of it or um you know uh i'm not actually 30 minutes late to my court appointment your honor you're all 30 minutes early yeah that's that kind of thing where it's like uh you know the the wave your hand jedi mind trick kind of thing because that can get you out of a lot of trouble um or get you into a lot of that would be that would be an insidious power though how do you stop yourself from turning into an evil person like your I never will said is I always going to get that. Okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want that kind of power. I don't trust my, my moral fortitude is not nearly strong enough. If I have that, I'm totally going to be evil. I will sell Manitoba for, for magic beans. If I have that, like I shouldn't have powers like that. Well, then I will convince you that those beans are magic with my <laughs> mind powers. There's a really no. good book by uh, Damon Knight called Why Do Birds, science fiction book, um, in which a, a fellow has a ring, and if he touches you with his ring, like you shake hands or whatever, you are very much predisposed to help him on things. You just feel really good about mm-hmm. him. And you want, it does, it's not total mind control, but he can help you do stuff. And he believes that he's got this ring because he thinks he was kidnapped by aliens have, who have told him he should get all of the world packed into a box. We're going to build a giant cube and put all the people inside it. I'm not sure why, but I'm really sure we need to do this. And the book is about him and how one would go about with this ring. How do you get the entire population of the world to voluntarily get themselves into a cube? It's really interesting. Hmm. I recommend it. This is the kind of thing you could do with your power. Yeah. What I'm saying, you could box us all up. Well, I don't know about boxing boxing everyone up, but like, you know, you want to help me in this thing that I want to get done or uh, Paul. Now I know why we're on this podcast. Yes. Right. <laughs> we have the weakest minds of everyone else. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Th- I think that would, I mean, uh, I could certainly use it to get through the airport faster. There's something very interesting over there. Everyone rushes over there. Ha ha. I can walk right through the, you know, right through security. Um, or, you know, uh, this bus really wants to go directly to my destination. So tell the bus driver, this is where <laughs> so you want to go. Everybody else on the bus mm-hmm. is now inconvenienced. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I'm evil. That's right. I keep forgetting that aspect. Yeah. I'm assuming we're all good people. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wonder what it says about us, our choices, though. Paul wants to get places instantly and travel without difficulty. You want to wreck other people I don't know what it says about you and, and I want I want to be able to undo my incredible number of mistakes <laughs> I, I just want other people to agree with me or to do you know to do the things that I want them to do like it's you know highly evil <laughs> I never said that I wasn't you know you're making you, all these you, assumptions you, see, you seemed so nice when I met you <laughs> That's because I influenced your mind. 
course. You didn't see me waving my hands. Right. I did not. I did not. Because you said, look over here Mm -hmm. with your useless left hand and did all your press the dissertation with your good right hand. Exactly. Who says that I don't have that power? Paul says that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Paul, Google it. (laughs) All right. Um, Charles thinks he has that power. It's really more he just tells people to do things forcefully. <laughs> they do it. Ah, it's my magic. Mm-hmm. This um, uh, this teleportation thing would have been actually really, really useful to for me to have uh, gotten extricated from that problem from episode I. Man. <laughs> 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 finally, finally, I had to make bail. But yes. Uh, now, would you be able to teleport other things or just yourself? Oh, that's... <laughs> if it's just you have to always show up naked in places. <laughs> Paul shows up naked, no glasses. He's like, okay, it, this it feels is a like a bad France. idea. The sirens sound European. <laughs> it's like the time traveler's wife, you know? It's like, oh, I can't, I can't really control it, so <laughs> poof, suddenly I'm in a library and I'm naked, and it's five years ago or <laughs> whatever it is. Um, but no, like uh, just being able to teleport other things, like being able to move, you know, um, or uh, can't find a parking spot, uh, so I'll just move so my move car. Teleport car. my teleport my car back <laughs> back home. I vote Charles gets no powers. That's that's right. My power is to take away Charles's power. I'm going to save the world that way. There's always there's always that superhero aspect too. There's there's always like the one superhero that's or you know the character the in the bummer. comic books that's the yeah that's the the one that takes away other people's powers or you know nullifies gravity or you know whatever it is that's like. Oh, you can't use your power now. Ha ha ha. Well, if you can teleport and you aren't showing up naked, you must be able to teleport other things because you're right. taking mm-hmm. stuff with you that's not you. Your fillings are coming. Lots of things that what's so maybe if long as you're the oxygen it, in your lungs. Yeah. Well, that kind of thing. So you, you must be able to teleport at least what you could carry. So you could get somebody in their arms. You could take them mm-hmm. that way. Everyone pile on me. We're going to France. Human pyramid. <laughs> Or if you lay down and we all stood on you, does that work? Like, what, what does carrying really mean? If you put your hand on a, on a room or on a building and we're all inside the building, this whole building come, like, be interesting to test the limitations of Paul's powers. Yeah, your influence reaches only so far and so you get, like, half of the next person. You know, you're holding three people Jeez, and you get Charles. there two and a half. <laughs> yeah, or, or, like, the lower third of a building. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. Where's the upper third? Crash. <laughs> All right, so you guys ready for a game? We've been Hit us. super German for about an Games. hour now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is is it a magic game? It is not. Uh, magic the Gathering. It is not a. It is not a gathering game either. Uh, it is, however, a mixed up dictionary game or a mictionary. 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 Well, you might have heard this uh, similar to like a balderdash or mm. uh, the podcast uh low definition normally what would happen is uh i would give you a word and then the group each of each members of the group would come up with a definition of what they think that word means and then i read out the definitions and the real definition and then you vote on which one's the real definition and you get points that way i decided to chance yeah i decided to do uh i decided to shortcut that this time and i have written all the uh, the words and definitions. Got. I am going to read you out a word, and these are all valid Scrabble words. Oh, again. Okay. Oh, so hmm. these are like real words. With these are real words that, that start okay. with the letter M, and they all have real definitions because I have taken and mixed up 
the definitions for other Scrabble words that begin with M. So Uh-oh. these are all real definitions. They're not made up. They're just not necessarily for the word that I'm reading. English is my native language, but yeah. I think at least half the words well. I don't know. So because yeah. <laughs> we'll see how I do. There's a lot of words out there, but okay. So we'll guess. Uh, for each of these, I will give you, uh, let's see. I'll, just, I'll give you a point for choosing the correct one. Um, and uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you both take each, uh, each word. So um, the idea here is, uh, you guys, do, do you understand what I'm, what sure, I'm getting so at? You're going you're gonna to say a word. You're gonna I'm going to give you a word. Definition. And then I'm going to give you, and then I'm going to give you four definitions. Okay. So one of four chance. We guess. One of them will be the correct definition for that word. Paul the other is th- going to get at least 25%. We're all good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the other three are definitions of other words that begin with the letter M. But we don't have to say what those words are. No. Okay. Do we get bonus points if we do? No. Right. Okay. So this is my opportunity to overtake Carrington's lead. Is that is that right? Uh, sure. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> do it, Paul. Do it. I'm I'm rooting for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first word, um, and we'll uh, I'll give you uh, I'll let you both. Uh, give me your guesses, but we'll go back and forth as to who gets to guess first. But oh, I'm gonna um, say because then I can just always guess what Paul guesses, and Paul yeah. can't overtake my lead. <laughs> Tricky that Thinking. way. All right, so <laughs> I want to use my save point. <laughs> Insert magical sound effect. <laughs> just go back and suddenly I know all these words. Uh, so the first word is Mabe, and that is M A B E Mabe. Paul, is it a North American catfish, a tropical tree, a cultured pearl, or a fermented milk food resembling yogurt? <laughs> I know which one I want it to be. Yeah. Mabe. Mabe. Uh, okay, I've already forgotten all about the yogurt one, so the yogurt one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Carrington. Your guess. North American catfish, tropical tree, cultured pearl, or fermented milk food resembling yogurt. Okay, I, I can't even imagine like what a root of this would be. I have no idea. Um, I would have guessed the thing, Paul. I'm gonna get I'm gonna say it's a it's a it's a catfish. Yeah. That was my yeah. second choice. I oh was I, it? Okay. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. well you don't have you don't have to I mean you could both guess the same thing and eh, both either no get fun. a point or no point. Yeah. Nah, that's no fun. I'm going. Okay. going it's, it's, oh, it's, a, it's definitely a catfish. I can, I can tell. I can feel it. I that's feel right. catfishy. Well, okay. no, don't say that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something out of Jabberwocky. Okay. How Mimsy were the Borgroves bro- and Mabe. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, no, it is neither a North American catfish <laughs> nor a fermented milk food is it resembling yogurt. It is, in fact, a cultured pearl. Hmm. A Mabe is a cultured pearl. Wow. Okay. So Carrington. Hmm. Hit me. Malar. M-A-L-A-R. Malar. <laughs> Is it a cheekbone, a tropical tree, a fermented milk food resembling yogurt, or Hold on. a red or white French wine? I know this one. You do. Okay. Oh, I should have said that. Maybe I'm wrong, Paul. Yeah, cheek. 
So, right, I see. So, uh, so you so say, say you say Mellar is a. Or maybe I'm saying that to make Paul say the same thing as me. That's right. So he can't pull ahead. Who knows? Playing the game. All right. Who knows? So your 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 guess or definition is what again? Cheekbone. Cheekbone connected and, to the head bone. Yep. And Paul, still yogurt. Always yogurt. <laughs> Always with the yogurt. It's yogurt okay. all the way down. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> Carrington is. No, I don't. I don't think of it as a cheekbone though. I thought it was just things to do with the cheek because you have a like a um, people. It's called a malar um, rose or a malar flush when you're embarrassed. Hmm. Ah, interesting. Well, I believe it is the Malar bone. I don't know, but the I'm I'm going simply by the official Scrabble dictionary definitions of these words, which makes it very concise. All right. So next up, Paul, you go do you first. Know, do you know my trick for how why I remembered that Malar? When I learned I the word, know. because Malar sounds like molar. You got oh, your yeah. teeth and you got your mm-hmm. cheek. Malar, molar, mm-hmm. right? and and ducks. Ducks have cheeks. <laughs> yes. No, they don't. That's where it all falls down. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Paul. Macon. M-A-C-O-N. Is it a tropical tree? A red or white French wine? A fermented milk food resembling yogurt? Or the keeper and driver of an elephant. Oh, see, now, now I've really I've blocked oh. myself into a corner here because if I don't say yogurt, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Macon. Um, the first time he doesn't guess yogurt, I'm going to, and I'm going to get it. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go for the. Uh, uh, what was that? A driver of an elephant. The keeper and driver of an elephant. Is that a Macon? Yeah, I'll do that one. Okay. Oh, and so Carrington? Oh, I, 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 it really makes me want to pick the yogurt one. I, <laughs> I, I have to. I got I to gotta hope. My, I'm gonna, the yogurt one. Just because Paul didn't pick it. Please, dear Lord, this is the best one. Yogurts. It is not yogurt. It is, in fact, a French wine that can be either red or white. <laughs> oh, I think I would have seen that. Yeah, it, Did not uh, know that word. It, it being French, it may be a Macron. I don't know, but it's not a Macron. It is a M A C O N, a type of French wine. Hmm. Carrington, you go mm-hmm. first on Maho. Maho. I don't even M- need the definition. M A H O E. Is it a fermented Wait. milk food resembling yogurt, a tropical tree, a North American catfish? Or the process of a white wine turning brown. I thought it was a different word. Maho. <laughs> M-A-H-O-E. Okay. It's a process of a thing turning things. <laughs> I do not know this word. Oh, the darkening of a wine? Yeah. The process of a white wine turning brown. Process of a white wine. It's get, get, getting ma- maho on. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, tough. Okay. So, and Paul. Uh, definitely yogurt. <laughs> I'm going for the yogurt. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I <laughs> Go for the yogurt. Always it with the yogurt. could have been the tree, but I'm going for the yogurt. Well, you should have gone for the tree. It is a tropical tree. Oh. <laughs> Maho is a tropical tree. <laughs> yep. Going really well. Yep. All right. So, <laughs> Paul, your guess for 
Uh, oh, wait, did I put those in the right column? Okay, I did. Good, good, good. I'm, I'm making sure that I got the scores here, Turns which so far, were yogurts. so <laughs> far, zero, zero. Carrington has one. Did uh, I get one? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah the cheekbone. The, the mellow, oh, the cheekbone. Oh, right, okay. Because yes, otherwise right. it's been blind guessing. Okay, so, Paul, mm-hmm. you're first up for Mahout. M-A-H-O-U-T. Mahout or Mahout. I think it's Mahout. Is the Mahout the keeper and driver of an elephant, a North American catfish, a fermented milk food resembling yogurt, or to celebrate boisterously? Uh, I'm going to say the elephant one. The elephant one for Paul yeah. and Carrington. Driver. Excellent guess, Paul. It is indeed the elephant one. I elephant the driver? Yep. Okay. Uh, you are both correct. The Mahout is the keeper and driver of an elephant. And last one. This one's for all the marbles, which is to say no marbles at all. Um, So do we have a, let's see here. One, two, uh, one, two, three. I know a fermented thing that's like yogurt, but it starts with K, not M. So, so. Oh, sorry. Paul, yeah, Paul went first on the first one, and so mm-hmm. Carrington, you get to go first on this last one. I was okay. making sure that I had an even number for the number of even people that I have. Okay. Uh, the last word is matterize. M-A-D-E-R-I-Z-E or Z-E. Matterize. Does that mean to celebrate boisterously? A fermented milk food resembling yogurt, <laughs> a North American catfish, or the process of a white wine turning brown. Matterize. I'm going to say the wine one again because the I-Z-E at the end seems like a process word. So I'm going to say matterize. All right. It's probably yogurt. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is the thing. If it's a trick, it's a good trick because it really seems like it's got to be that. <laughs> right? Doesn't it seem like it has to be a process? Yeah. Oh, it's um, the yogurt. You know it's the yogurt yeah. ball. So celebrate <laughs> boisterously. Fermented milk food resembling yogurt. North American catfish or process of a white wine turning brown. I'm going to, I'll do celebrate boisterously. Because I can not? see, I, I agree. Like it could have been a celebrate. It can't be a catfish. Mad rice. doesn't sound like a fish. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stick with the wine process. Okay. Uh, and Paul, you said to celebrate boisterously. Yeah. With wine, so Paul's yeah, covering ooh, with bases. wine. Oh, covering base. Okay. Well, unfortunately, to celebrate boisterously is mafic, M A F F I C K. So that is incorrect. Um, the fermented milk food resembling yogurt is matzoon, M A T Z O O N. The North American catfish is a mad tom, M A D T O M. And so to madderize is a white wine. Turning brown. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So now Carrington with three lead. points and Paul wow. with a commanding one. three. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, those were obscure words, man. And they yeah. were so short. There was like no roots to, I couldn't even like try to work out a bit of what the word might mean. Tough words. That's why I chose them. Also, because I had, I looked at them in the Scrabble, you know, the Scrabble dictionary site and I was like, I don't know what that word means and it'll be fun to say. <laughs> Like Mahout. <laughs> yes, so uh, you are welcome to Mafic in your um, uh, in your victory, Carrington. Uh, I will three Mafic to one. Later. Yeah. 
um, and uh, cook yourself. To celebrate mathematically. Mathic. Yeah. Mathic. No, not mathic. Mathic. M-A-F-F. Mathic. Mathic. Yeah. I mean, you, you could be you could be celebrating mathematically, like you know, um, <laughs> like if you were from London. But the um, you can ha- you can cook some Mad Tom with some Matzoon uh, and enjoy um, uh, a nice white wine from France as long as it has not been matterized into yogurt. Yes. Yep. All right, great. So that was that was the that was the game that we played, and we played that game. So where does Mafic come from? I like that word. I have no idea. Oh. Nope. I just, like I said, no, the Scrabble Dictionary doesn't have a whole lot of uh, depth to the definitions, but if I were to go and look it up, um, mm, definition by Merriam Webster. Mm -hmm. Celebrate with boisterous rejoicing and hilarious behavior. Like in a good way or a bad way, though? Uh, it is an alteration of Mafeking Night, a British celebration of the lifting of the siege of a British military outpost during the South African War at the town of Mafeking, May 17th, 1900. So they celebrated Mafeking Night by Mafeking. Hmm. That's pretty obscure. Yep. It's very obscure. pretty obscure. Because boisterous, when you say something's boisterous, normally you think that like that's a negative term, right? Overly it so, yeah. be a pejorative celebration versus like a good celebration so we're gonna learn a word i want to learn like how to use it so yeah. neat yeah the it was the merriam webster word of the day um let's see when, when was it the word of the day it doesn't say it just says it's the word of the day it just That's is the word of the day yeah well when you when you have a link to the podcast about mafic is the word of the day but it doesn't have the actual date um hmm. bum, 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 bum. i shall not celebrate Whatever. Anyhow, so that's where Mafic comes from. It's it's from the uh, Mafeking, the name of the town in South Africa where the British military outpost was under siege and then was no longer under siege by the Dutch. All right. Afrikaners. Reminds me of um, uh, it's a Mitch Hedberg joke, but I don't remember how it goes, so that doesn't really make for a great <laughs> story. I just want to like to point but out that I'm reminded funny, of Mitch no Hedberg in general. <laughs> they're usually pretty short. Yeah, he was. I was reminded of. I think it was a Mitch Hedberg joke. Now that you mentioned his name, uh, when you were talking about getting on an airplane, um, the the observation of seeing a fly get on the airplane when he was in Florida, <laughs> and then flying to New York, and the flies buzzing around on the plane the entire time. He gets off the plane and suddenly he's in New York and he's hell just happened <laughs> no I, w- I was thinking of the we're talking about the word of the day he he's a funny joke about uh, he's sick of soup de jour we're gonna make a decision <laughs> he was very funny yes yes now he's so, less funny well, well he's he's still funny <laughs> but that's sort of a was funny right? still am but i'm dead <laughs> so uh the first known use of Mafic was in 1900, mm-hmm. um, and that is the same as uh, the first known use of fuel injection. What? Among other things. It seems very hard to believe. It seems remarkably early for fuel injection, but it could yeah. have been with, I guess, with a, a train. Yeah, maybe. No, there were, there were gasoline-powered, or maybe even kerosene-at-that-point powered vehicles injecting fuel. They, weren't, they wouldn't have had fuel injectors, but they were... 
you know, some kind of fuel injection into a cylinder to make it go. I thought it was sort of strange. Magic. One of the things that this uh, Merriam-Webster site does is tells you, like, what other words, <laughs> you know, were there at this at this date? Yeah, I imagine that the um, the graph over time for Mafic, uh spikes at 1900 and then just very gradually goes <laughs> down and disappears. Yeah, and today had its biggest spike in ages. Yeah. That's right. There's somebody at Merriam like Webster the, uh, going, Bitcoin. "What the hell is going on? There's this word." <laughs> They're celebrating. They're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Not boisterous enough, boys. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, does anyone else have a uh, a magical discussion topic or story that they would like to share? I never played Magic the Gathering. Have you guys? I have. I, I love games. I played many, many, many games, but I have never played that. I've had exactly one lesson in the playing of Magic the Gathering by someone who was quite, he was really into it and uh, I did not understand it one bit. And so he was trying to explain to me how and why he was so into it and he failed utterly. And so that was the one and only time that I've ever played or, you know, been playing adjacent to Magic the Gathering. Uh, I played lots of other card games where you have, you know, managing a deck and things like that. Uh, I think one of my favorites is Machi Koro. It's a Japanese, like, uh, industry building kind of game. It's a weird concept, but you have um, uh, different uh, stores and, um, you know, factories and things like that. And you get um, wheat and money and... You know, you, your town or whatever gets bonuses when you have a radio station and things like that. There's all these expansion decks and things. It's really, it's really quite fun, but not so much when there's just two players. Because uh, when there's at least three, a lot of the um, uh, the challenge kind of things are pick a player to steal money from, or to you know you have to give money to another player. Uh, and so when it's just the two of you, you're constantly back and forth with, I'm stealing money from you. Okay, I'm stealing money from you. Um, but if there's four people, you can kind of gang up and, you know, better strategy there. So it's sort of like competitive SimCity or something. A bit like that. But it's, you know, it's all card-based. So it's, you know, you draw a card and um, roll a die and that kind of thing. Yeah, I've never been into um, collectible card games. Closest mm. I've come is there's a series of movies that I adore and have watched a billion times um, called The Gamers. And there was the first movie, The Gamers, and then Gamers, Darkness Rising, and then Gamers, Hands of Fate. And the, it's the third one that is my favorite movie. And it kind of revolves around a, a collectible card game, basically a Magic the Gathering type thing, but with plot. Um, and I want people to watch that movie. Like, I'm always trying to get my friends to watch the movie. But I insist you can only like and enjoy this movie if you've seen the first two movies. So nice. you must first invest you know, six hours and then I will let you see this three hour opus. And so, and nobody seems to want to give me that time. So alas, but One the movies are amazing. Uh, ages ago, like the, the last of them was, uh, Hands of Fate was like 2013, 2014. Oh, like ages, that. ages. Yeah. Ages It, it ago. doesn't seem like ages to me when I was looking at this. I was thinking, I was expecting it to be like, you know, the eighties or something, but. Well, especially when you're talking about a the, collectible, the gamers, collectible yeah. card games, like, uh, like oh. the Pokemons and the, and the, um, Magic Gatherings and yeah. uh, Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, and that kind of stuff. Those are those are a more two thousands kind of. Um, but I love the movies. Uh, I love yeah. them. 
I love them so much. I watch. I'm talking about them because I want to sit down and watch all three again right now. Is there um, anybody in them that I might have heard of or no. directed by? Or maybe Trin Miller if you've seen a lot of a lot of indie films, but really no. But the people that are in those are in lots of of the same things. Like once you see these people, if you watch their other things like Journey Quest or whatever, you see a lot of the same people. They just kind of make nerd movies together. Oh, okay, and they're, it's like an, they're all like they're an all Aubrey Plaza sort of situation where she's yeah. in everything but everything that she's in is like an indie a small indie yeah. art house movie yeah but these the are part. smaller mm-hmm. kickstarter okay. movies but like so, okay small, okay but, so but amazingly done yeah not not like mainstream obscure but like obscure 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 but accessible if you like if you like like dungeon dragons type things you mm-hmm. recognize all the people in it as your friends and yourself i see so. i see so i'm reading the wikipedia entry on this and it says you know directed by produced by all that stuff um budget one thousand dollars the first one, yeah, because the first movie is like a short <laughs> film. It's 50 minutes or something, um, yeah. and it was like a, almost like a proof of concept. But you kind of got to see that to learn mm. the characters. And then the second movie takes place in that same world, but the characters from the first movie are the Dungeons & Dragons characters of the people in the second movie, but they're played by the same people who play them both yeah. in-game and out-of-game. And cool. then those same humans are in the third movie as well when the Dungeons & Dragons people kind of take over, but it's a different game. It's, anyway, it's great. It's lovely. It's f- nerdly awesome. But you have to watch them all and watch them in order. I insist. <laughs> so the D and D version of uh, Evil Dead. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Except better. Okay. I remember seeing Evil Dead Two in the cinema. And I, it's one of the few movies where I laughed so hard I almost fell out of my chair. I was sliding down from the chair, and I'm the only person in the audience laughing. Evil Dead Two is clearly a comedy, but I was mm-hmm. the only person who thought so at the time. <laughs> I was killing myself laughing i'm sure it was very annoying to everybody else in the cinema and i was trying not to i just found it so funny though tears rolling down my cheeks oh comedy I, gold that film i guess i always thought it was i always thought it was a comedy too <laughs> like yeah. it never especially if you've seen the first one because it's clearly a comedy version of the first movie mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely hilarious yeah but the, ori- oh, the original is, is played a little bit is a little bit straight but then yeah the original i think is just straight and the remake slash sequel, whatever, was very much Sam Raimi going, all right, we get it, fine. <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're going to uh, poke fun at ourselves and it'll be mm-hmm. even even better than the better than the original. So that was Sam Raimi, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. The second one was for sure. I don't know about the yeah. first. Uh, yeah, because then I think they all were. The, the flashbacks to that from the Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies just took me right out of it because you know there's like oh there's bruce campbell and then like the the camera action with the the um dr octopus transformation and some of the other stuff there's like oh this is very sam raimi um this is very uh evil dead uh, maximum raimi maximum raimi yeah there's yeah it's over the top raimi um all right so uh without any further adieu um isn't that exactly Wait. what we're doing? <laughs> no, adieu, not adieu. We are currently adieuing. <laughs> yes, we are, we are currently adieuing. All right. So, um, I would like to thank my manly mates, Carrington and Paul, for <laughs> podcasting with me and once again keeping me from losing my mind and screaming uselessly into the void. Why are you chuckling at manly both, mates? Both of us look yeah. at the camera and just <laughs> like, manly mates, why isn't he thanking us? <laughs> Uh, what would you prefer? 
I'm just happy uh, to be thanked. I was gonna go with mealy mouthed mates, but I didn't think that was mealy mouthed milk toasts. Yes. yes. Our, okay. <laughs> right. How about this? My milk toast mates. I love that word, milk toast. Yes. It's so evocative, but it's spelled with a Q U E, and so oh, it's great. So, uh, thanks to my milk toast mates, Carrington and Paul. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Oh, that was great. And it was all perfect. Thanks, Ninjas.